0: Hey everyone, it's me, Josh, and for this week's SYSK Selects, I've chosen this episode on the five-second rule. And I want to point out that my opinion on what constitutes something that can be eaten off of the floor has narrowed dramatically since this episode came out in uh, January of 2013. And I was also surprised to figure out how many of my um, cleanliness habits actually came from researching this episode. Uh, Maybe it'll have some sort of positive impact on you, too. Who knows? There's only one way to find out, and that is to enjoy this episode. Thank you.
1: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
0: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. Charles W. Chuck Bryant's consulting his notes. He's wearing his glasses, everybody. He's getting ready to podcast. So that means this is stuff you should know. Stretching, doing my yoga. You just peed for the fourth time in the last hour. <laughs> Got more coffee. I drink a lot of coffee. Yeah. Boy, that was exciting. Yeah, and uh, while I was getting coffee, I was like, I used my elbow to press the buttons to make coffee. Are you doing that now? Um, I have become... I'm trying to think back to what initiated it, but I've definitely become far more germ conscious. I'm not a germaphobe because I can just be like, oh, God, you know, that's fine. You, your fingers touched your mouth. Stop simpering. Yeah. Right? Like, I can get a hold of myself like that. But at the same time, you know what it is? It was, the, it was flesh-eating bacteria when it was going around Georgia for a little while. Yeah. And then simultaneously, like, being aware That, like, the gym is lousy with germs. Yeah. And I think that that did a one-two number on me. And now all of a sudden I'm just very, I'm very aware of what I touch. Yeah. I'm I'm
1: not super germ conscious. I have been more so, though, since we've started learning more about this crap. Um, But (laughs) we have a mutual friend whose girlfriend won't even keep her toothbrush in the bathroom. Oh, really? Yeah. She said, why would I, among the fecal air... The particulates in the I mean, air. It makes, Why it, would I keep my toothbrush in the bathroom? It makes sense. Yeah. And uh, she knows who she is.
0: <laughs> I don't know who she is. I'll tell you after. Okay, good. Um, so you're kind of, you're okay with it? You're okay with the idea of germs? I mean, there is this whole, there's this whole thing called the hygiene hypothesis, which makes utter and complete sense to me.
1: What, that if you allow more germs and you'll just learn to fight them and have more robust immune system,
0: Yes, especially growing up as a child. Yeah. I and the children in that. who develop allergies, it's because they are raised in a sterile lysol environment. My environment was filthy dirty. And and <laughs> so when they finally get out into this very filthy, dirty world, yeah. uh, e.g. Um, preschool. Yeah. They are they, they don't have any antibodies built up for it. It makes a lot of sense. I don't yeah. know that there's any hard science that backs it up. But I don't know that it's ever been disproven. But it's called the hygiene hypothesis. It appeals to me.
1: It appeals to me. I'm not, I am do not have allergies. I don't get sick that much. No. And I'm unhealthy as it gets. I wouldn't call you
0: that. No, I'm I'm in the middle. Yes, I appreciate that. Okay, I guess really the the, the division line between a germaphobe and a non-germaphobe would probably be found somewhere in the five-second rule, wouldn't you think? Sure. So like if I dropped something, depending on what it was and where I dropped it, yeah, I would possibly eat it. There's a there's a, a comedian here in Atlanta who's pretty good. His name's Noah Garden Schwartz. Oh yeah? And he's saying Great that, Name. Yeah, yeah. It means uh Noah Black Garden, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and uh he was saying that um the five second rule is basically it exists on a sliding scale. Like if it's a piece of broccoli, it's like a zero second. Agreed. If it's like a uh, a Cheeto, it's like a whenever I find it rule. Yeah. Whenever I find it and pick it up and eat it rule. Right. Um, he does it way better than me, but he had a great observation about the five-second rule. The point is, for me, it depends on what it is, where it is, not really even how long it's been there. I mean, if, if it's oh, been there on. so long and it's under the couch and there's like dust bunnies accumulated on it, I, I won't eat it. No, no, no. You wouldn't eat anything that you didn't recently drop, would you? If you
1: just found a cookie on the floor, you would eat it?
0: Again, it depends on where <laughs> the cookie? On where it was found. Like some places seem far cleaner to me than others. Like mine in Yumi's apartment is very, very clean. Sure. So if it fell and was just slightly under the couch. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah, I'd eat it. It depends I mean, if it were a piece of salami or something i wouldn 't, but no, you're if it right. were like a a very dry cookie, sure perhaps a um, uh, a a good potato chip, yeah that wasn 't stale yet it's yeah. very clean i would I'd blow it off and eat it
1: yeah i would um since we 're talking about our sliding scales, I would eat nothing that i didn 't recently drop unless it was a if it was like a little bit sweets um the King, their candy bar, The King. Yeah, yeah. If I found one of those that I would just forgotten that was under my couch, yeah. unwrapped on the floor, I would eat that no matter how long it had been there. Yeah. I would maybe rinse it off, or I would melt it down <laughs> or, and reform it or do something.
0: And deconstruct it. That's I would decon- all the rage
1: yeah. now. That's what uh, I would do that.
0: Um, you know, they released a uh, box, a, a selection of caramels called Stuff You Should Eat. Little bit sweet still. Really, yeah, and oh. it says specifically on their website that that's in honor of us. Thank you, Liz and Jen. Um, okay, so I feel like we've gone in depth on what we do with the five-second rule. The question still remains, Chuck: is it is it viable? Is that a real thing? Like, if you if you are an adherent to the five-second rule, and you're like, I'm a very clean person. I only eat stuff that's been on the floor for five seconds or less. Are you full of it?
1: Well. You're sort of full of it. You're
0: totally full
1: of it. There's a high school student uh, in 2003, Jillian Clark, and um, she was doing her internship at the, uh, Fighting L.I. I of the University of Illinois, mm-hmm. and she said, you know what, we should do a little study, because it's the old wives' tale about the five-second rule. Right. And she coated um, these tiles with E. coli, which is really gross, and dropped cookies and gummy bears and things onto the surface for certain amounts of time, and then studied what kind of bacteria it picked up. Yeah. And of course, no matter how long it had been down there, bacteria did jump onto the food. Um,
0: Within five seconds.
1: What is important to point out, though, is the longer you left it there, the more it picked up. So the five seconds or under is important. Like, it's usually not five seconds for me. If I drop a piece of food, I've got it back within my hand in like two seconds.
0: I've seen it. You're like a a ninja. (laughs)
1: And it matters because the longer it's there, the more bacteria it's going to pick up, right?
0: Yeah, well, yeah. Um, so Jillian Clark just did this very initial preliminary investigation, but she was a pioneer and received the 2004 Ig Nobel Prize for public health for her efforts. Really? Yeah, good for her. Um, and sh- so she kind of she established this trail. She blazed the trail. Yeah. Uh, and then about uh, four years later, some Clemson University researchers really kind of dug in to figure out what was going on with this five second rule and built on Clark's work. Go tigers. Yeah. No, nah, I mean we gotta say it. I don't feel like we do.
1: Okay. Screw you tigers. <laughs> um all right, so what did they find out? They found out well, if you thought that the, the same thing.
0: Right. If you thought the E. coli bacteria and the tiles was gross. I know where you're going. These guys created a, a broth of salmonella
1: yeah, they call it salmonella soup, which it, is so nasty.
0: Yeah. And they uh, they applied it to three different types of material because, I mean, like, sure, maybe five seconds, you're going to get some bacteria on it. But what if, what doesn't it depend on the kind of food? Doesn't it depend on the kind of surface it comes in contact with? So these investigators, they're pros. They were at Clemson. Um, they applied the salmonella soup to tile, mm-hmm. wood, surface, and carpet. Right. And then they started dropping bread and bologna. <laughs> On it, good choice. Sure, why not? Um, and they they found what Clark found that in less than five seconds, no matter how short the time, ba- there was a bacterial transfer.
1: Yeah, between 150 and 8,000 bacteria, if under five seconds, under five, five seconds, seconds or under.
0: And consider this: with Salmonella, you only need 10 individual bacterium. Wow, to for what's called an infectious dose.
1: Okay. So that is uh, five seconds or under. If you left it down there for a minute, it was going to be ten times that. And um, there are ten strains of salmonella. Not, I mean, besides just the bacteria, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on down there on your floor, uh, most notably poop on well, your
0: shoes. Yeah, that's another thing too, There's man. poop everywhere. You, but you should, you should take your shoes off. My wife is of Japanese ancestry, and one of the that? things I definitely picked up from her is, like, you take your shoes off when you come in the house.
1: So you just walk around without shoes on all the all the time?
0: Or slippers or something? Yeah, sure. Yeah, because, like, especially if you're germ-conscious, man, if you go into a public bathroom and you walk out of there, you're, the bottom of your shoes are just like a nightmare. You don't yeah. want to track that all over your house because you may find a cookie under your couch that you want to eat. <laughs> You have to plan for the future, basically, and that starts with taking your shoes off in your house. For some reason, I don't think the Japanese culture is rooted in the hopes that you'll find a cookie on your floor and be
1: able to eat it. No, maybe not, but okay. they are big into taking their shoes yeah. off. My friend Jason in, uh, in Tokyo, he, that he is married to a woman named Keiko, and years ago when we were living in Athens, they started that uh, tradition of mm-hmm. removing your shoes, and he mm-hmm. was like, hey, you mind? And I was like, of course not.
0: Watch this. Watch it. Well, sometimes they'll even provide like... Slippers and stuff for yeah. guests. Like if you're in a Japanese home, so
1: you're still wearing shoes in there. But I guess shoes the point that is, have never left your okay. house. So that's the deal. Yes, and so I don't in like. A controlled I won't environment. You're all good.
0: Yeah, and I won't wear my slippers in the bathroom either.
1: I got to tell you, I just got some new slippers. Are they? Nuts? What do you go barefoot in
0: there? In the is, bathroom, or socks or whatever. Yeah. Okay. But like, I don't want. And then you burn the socks. <laughs> I cut my feet off. <laughs> Uh, I bought some new slippers,
1: dude. I'm not usually one to plug things on the air, but if you're a grown man and you want some the best slippers you've ever had, yeah, and you don't mind throwing down a little cash, mm-hmm. UGGs men slippers.
0: My friend, what do you think I wear? Oh, is that what you wear? Yes. I wonder if they're the same ones. They are. are look they look like little loafers, sort of suede. Or... Uh, mine don't have a back; they just have this sole oh, okay. and, like, the sole. Okay, mine have a back,
1: and they have like the hard bottom, so you can like go out and get in the mail, or if you're me, go to the grocery
0: store. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's so comfortable. Yeah, that's nice.
1: And all the the what is it? Uh, the sheep sherpa wool? or whatever. It's not a sherpa.
0: It's called sherpa lining. Oh, is it? Yeah, the the sheep shear. Oh, it's wool. called sherpa lining. That's what oh, that's what some people call it. So cozy. Okay, so slippers. I need to
1: start plugging these things and getting them for free. I'm a sucker. I always buy them and then plug them.
0: Right, I know. But right. it's not a sucker, Chuck. Ch- You're ch- above the boards.
1: Okay. So, back to it.
0: Oh, oh, so the longer the stuff stayed in contact, the yes. more the more it was the the more bacteria that came upon it. But surprisingly, what they found was that the transfer was the least for carpet. The type of surface it came in contact with made a difference. I thought it was the most for carpet. It was the least? It was the the least transferred, but the stuff survived in the carpet longer, oh, okay. so it all washed out. Gotcha. So it made some difference, but not really. Whether it's wood, tile, or carpet... When you drop something on it, there's going to be a, uh, a lot of bacteria transfer. But this stuff survives on these surfaces. Carpet, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, there's a lot to it. There's pile and, yeah. you know, uh, there's some sort of Berber factor and all that. Um, Can't forget the Berber factor. Right. Uh, so, of course, carpet, that's not much of a surprise that there's a lot of bacteria in there. But wood or tile, yeah. not only do they find that, like, this stuff can survive for a while, it survives for up to a month a month. Wow. After they put the stuff on there, it, a month later, there was still living bacteria, enough for an infectious dose on all three surfaces. A Jeez. month. dude. That's, okay, I'm becoming more of a germaphobe. And, yeah, we're all turning into David Putty right now, right? Yeah. And <laughs> David uh, Putty,
1: was he a germaphobe?
0: Yeah. Remember he and uh, Peggy, who uh, called Elaine Suze, Susie? Uh-huh. They both turned out to be germaphobes. They had like a little bacteria necklace I and all remember that. that. Yeah. Remember Kramer made a, uh, a radish rose in his shower? He had a garbage disposal in his shower so he I could cook and that. bathe at the same time? Yeah. It was that episode. Okay.
1: Um, so I know earlier you mentioned, um, you, you just kind of offhandedly said, you know, if it's something dry like a cookie or that actually makes a difference. You found out that moisture can be the key to more bacteria transfer. Yeah. Um, so a dry cookie... Versus a piece of like wet bologna or salami or moist bologna. (laughs) I just said moist bologna. Um, (laughs) We'll have more bacteria. And that's why they say when you go to the restroom and you wash your hands, the drying is just as important, if not more important, than the washing.
0: Yeah, they found that um, this transfer of bacteria seems to be facilitated by moisture, right? Yeah. So when you touch something with your wet hands, you're going to get a bunch of a bunch of bacteria transferred onto your hands. Right. If you wash your hands and then use one of those hands-free paper towel dispensers and dry your hands, you can touch that same surface that you would have touched with your wet hands, and you're going to have far less bacteria transferred to it.
1: Yeah, or nowadays, the air dryers in the bathroom have, have you noticed in the past few years, are just like, for 50 years it was the same air dryer. Oh, now there's the accelerator. Now there's the accelerator and the Dyson blade dryer.
0: I like the accelerator because the Dyson blade, you have to stick your hands down in there. I like that. And it's almost it's like playing operation. Like it's almost impossible <laughs> yeah, not to touch the sides. Yeah, that's true. And then, like, what's what does anyone clean the bottom of those things? Like, I don't think so. The accelerator, it's all just like blowing your hands and you're, you're done. And it's just, you cannot touch things more that's easily. That's
1: true. I like the accelerator because the the way it makes your skin ripple like the G-forces is pretty amazing. Like we were in
0: the uh, indoor skydiving thing? Oh, yeah, exactly. And let's talk about hands real quick, Chuck. So there's a study that came out of the University of Colorado at Boulder. And um, they found some really surprising things using this technique called metagenomics, where they take a swab of like a sample Uh of your hands. And then rather than doing culture, they do basically a DNA profile for everything found In that swab. What'd they find? Well, they did 51 participants. They found 4,700 different bacteria species across the 51 participants. Um, And what I I found was particularly interesting, they found that um, only 5% of these species were found in all 51 participants.
1: No, five period, not even percent. Oh, yeah, five, period. So out of all these species, the only one we're sharing, so that means we. there's just way more out there than we thought, I guess, huh?
0: Yeah. And, and it's
1: just luck of the draw as to what leaps to your hands.
0: I guess so. And not only your hands, but specific hands, too. They found that the right and left palms of a single person Ugh. shared only 17% of the uh, bacterial species. So that means that there's different species on different hands of the same person. That's weird. And then women tend to have a higher diversity of bacteria on their hands than men. Not necessarily more uh bacteria total, but more uh diversity among species. Interesting. So depending on which hand
1: you shake, you're going to be getting a different type of bacteria from someone.
0: Yeah, and if somebody like shakes your hand is like, "Oh, it's just water. I washed my hand." Oh yeah. Punch them in the head. Yeah. Because you're that's bacterial transfer, jerk. Dry your hands.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and since you mentioned women, um, I think the uh, study by the, the girl in 2003 found that women are more likely to eat something off the floor than men, which surprised me.
0: What surprised me is where the, the person who wrote this article got that. I couldn't find it anywhere. I couldn't either. That, I saw that women were more familiar with the concept of the five-second rule, but that not that they used it more.
1: Yeah. You know what? I'm going to call that a dubious statement then. Dubious indeed. Uh, okay. So you've eaten something off of the floor. Are we good on hands?
0: Yeah, thanks for that.
1: Okay. I like in the article they pointed out that out of the 51 participants, there were 102 hands. Yeah. this is like, all right, so good. You well, didn't have any amputees in the study.
0: Right. What was funny is I, was, I didn't think it added up, and then I realized <laughs> that's why I stopped for a second a minute ago.
1: Um, all right, so you've picked up a cookie off the, of the floor. It's dry. It's been down there for three seconds, and you think, you know what? I'm going to roll the dice and eat it because my stomach acid's... And the acids in my saliva is going to kill all this stuff. Factor fiction. Uh, that is fiction. That is very much fiction. For so m- says uh, the germ guru of the University of Arizona, go, what are they, Wildcats? Sun Devils? Or is no. that Arizona State? That's Arizona State.
0: Arizona's Wildcats. Wildcats.
1: Then. Go Wildcats. Charles Gerba. His name almost looks like Germ. Yeah. Close. Or Gerber. It's closer than Clark.
0: Like he's the adult version of the Gerber baby.
1: <laughs> so he says that uh, viruses actually uh, survive the low pH. In fact, a lot of them like it, and that pretty much any bacteria that you can infect your intestine with is going to stay alive long enough to get to your intestine.
0: Right, it's going to survive that that acidity in your stomach.
1: Yeah, look look, look for our podcast on uh, digestion. That was a good one. Man, that was great. If you want to learn how that works, um, and it does make a difference on where it's landed like you said. Um some floors are more dangerous than others and bathrooms are the worst place on earth.
0: Yeah, and I'll,
1: kitchens. Actually kitchens are the worst. They're supposedly dirtier than bathrooms.
0: It depends on the bathroom, but yeah, Gerba points out that of all the shoes that he's ever analyzed, and this guy like runs around on Good Morning America and the Today show and like analyzes stuff and just freaks people out. It's like kind of his um his trade. Sure. Um it's calling. Yeah. Uh, he said that, that fecal matter appears on about 93% of the shoes he's ever analyzed. Of course it does. Yeah. Like I said, there's poop everywhere. Uh, poop everywhere. Especially in my house. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you'd think a public restroom is pretty bad, and it is. Uh, but it depends on what part of the public restroom you're talking about. And sometimes, compared to other places, that it, it doesn't hold a candle. There's some surprising germ statistics that we're about to unleash on you.
1: Let's start with, uh, let's just jump all over then. I got the kitchen floor, um, the area on the kitchen floor just in front of your sink where you're going to be doing your dishes and yeah. dropping food and poop um, has more bacteria than your trash can, 830 per square inch as opposed to 411, so double. Um, and your kitchen sponge, I know everyone knows that that's a really filthy thing to have. Yeah, remember that it's one. It's necessary but filthy.
0: Remember the... I think a Clorox wipes or Lysol wipes commercial where the lady was using a sponge or like, if you're using a sponge, you might as well be doing this. And she was just rubbing like a raw chicken breast on her counter like it was a sponge. That's basically true though. It's so (laughs) gross. Like you, you should be really careful with your sponge, what you clean with it, what you don't clean with
1: it, um, the letting it dry out, changing it like regularly. Like if you've got a two month old kitchen sponge, and you're using that to wipe your counter, you are spreading bacteria all over the place.
0: You don't love your family.
1: So you can use it at first. This is what I do, because I'm a clean guy. My wife is not. I will clean up after <laughs> her with okay. a sponge, uh-huh. and then I'll go back with my organic spray and then do the paper towel wipe after that. Nice. So that's the final step in the process, is yeah. always the dry paper towel with my uh, uh, with Seventh Heaven stuff is what I use.
0: And then a little bit of lighter fluid. Yep. (laughs) Sterilize the counter. All right. So
1: your kitchen floor is is, uh, dirtier than your trash can. Your sponge holds 60 times more bacteria than your pet food bowl, even though pet food bowls are pretty gross, too, supposedly, because you you don't clean them out as much.
0: Sure. And all of this is germier than a toilet seat. Yeah. You always hear that. The old toilet seat. Yeah, and I think the reason why the toilet seat is surprisingly cleaner in comparison or, or uh, surprisingly germ-free compared to other things like your kitchen sink and all that yeah. is because people clean the toilet seat more frequently because they think of it as a dirty place. And this is kind of borne out in another study that Gerba carried out on uh-huh. behalf of the Clorox Corporation who make Lysol wipes. Um, and he found that one of the dirtiest places in the universe is a person's desk. yeah. And he found that um, apparently the average desk has 100 times more bacteria than a kitchen table and 400 times more bacteria than the average toilet. And one of the reasons is because people don't ever wipe this down. So he did this study where he divided workers into two groups. Mm -hmm. One group used these sanitizing wipes uh, once or twice a day. And then the other group didn't. And after two days, there was a 99.9% reduction in bacteria on the desk of the people who are using the wipes. So wiping down your telephone, handset, your desk. Mouse is a big one. Your mouse, your
1: your, uh, keyboard.
0: Apparently where you typically rest your hand on your desk. Yeah. Mine's on my mouse. um, Has about 10 million bacteria on average. Wow. Um, but he also found that over the course of a day, if you don't wipe your stuff down, you actually increase your bacteria from 19 to 31% on telephone, mouse, keyboard, desktop services throughout a day. It increases that much more. Man, I haven't cleaned my desk in so long. It's been a while for me, too. I don't use the phone, though. I don't either. Yeah, no one calls us. I don't even know my number to give out. And, and any time no if somebody asks for it, I'm like, just email.
1: Yeah, that's what I do. Um Molly uh, Edmonds, the former uh, co-host of Stuff Mom Never Told You back in the day, she wrote about cubicle death, and specifically germs in the workplace, like we were just talking about, and um, she points out that if you're a restaurant and you have more than 700 bacteria per square inch, Mm -hmm. you're going to be considered unsanitary, but you will come into contact with 10 million bacteria a day in your office, and um, statistics like... 20% 20% of people eat at their desk and don't clean. I eat at my desk occasionally. I don't clean. 75% of people uh, only occasionally will wipe down their work area. And um, your desktop itself, not the computer desktop, but your desk, is going to be 100 times germier than a kitchen table.
0: Right. And, 400, again, 400 times germier than a toilet seat.
1: And presenteeism which is a big problem mm-hmm. uh 75 percent of workers i'm sorry one third of workers that's not 75 percent
0: it's close
1: <laughs> reported to the national foundation for infectious diseases that they felt like they were obligated to go to work even when they were sick
0: yeah that's it's not, a problem it's not okay
1: and i, I know around here especially tracy are uh yeah from pop, from stuff, pop stuff she takes it pretty serious she's like she gets pissed off when people are in she here sick. Will, she'll yell. Yeah. yeah. She'll say, if you're sick, please stay home um, because the office is dirty. Your bathroom's dirty. Your kitchen's dirty. That cutting board that you're cutting your vegetables on, filthy. Yeah. It's all dirty. It's all
0: gross. Well, I can't remember. <laughs> I was trying to think of what episode biofilm came up. You were telling everybody about biofilm. Oh, yeah. What was that? I can't for the life of me oh. remember. But... Um, that's how bacteria survive. That's how they can survive on stainless steel. That's how they can survive on wood, on tile, on non-porous surfaces, on synthetic surfaces that are designed to keep bacteria from thriving. These things can survive because they live in biofilm. Yeah, It's this protective um, film on any surface. And if a surface has grooves or things like that, that where a biofilm can hide, there's going to be a lot more bacteria and a cutting board apparently is one of those great examples.
1: Yeah, especially a wood cutting board I think. Yeah. Which I prefer. Me too. Got to clean them well though.
0: Yeah, because I'd rather have some bacteria in my food than like shards of plastic, you know? Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Um, so before you freak out and, uh, jump in a pool of Purell, most of these germs are benign. Like we've quoted all these tens of thousands and millions of, uh, germs and things. Mm -hmm. Most of them are benign and your body's going to take care of most of it too. But it only takes like, you know, when you find yourself retching over the toilet with a
0: stomach virus, it might've just been one little bacteria that got through. And all it takes is 10 for Salmonella to get you and a hundred for E. coli. Wow. Ten. Ten yeah. little guys. The the bottom of a woman's purse. Uh, random. Randomly, uh, Gerba, again, just ran up to some people and was like, let me test your purse. And he found um, uh, from the hundreds to 6.7 million on the bottom of one woman's purse. And <laughs> yeah, all but that takes is 10 or 100.
1: He didn't say that that also had, like, pieces of pot pie. <laughs> and, like, there were probably reasons.
0: Yeah. But I think that was, that, one good, lady. that was a good thing to go out on, Chuck. You did good by reassuring everybody that as long as your immune system is in order, you're probably okay as far as these bacteria go. Don't keep your toothbrush in your bathroom, so says our friend's girlfriend. Um, let's see. Oh, before we say anything like uh or mail or go find this article, I want to do a quick shout-out, okay? Do it. Our Kiva team, Chuck, recently hit a very significant milestone. million dollars in loans wow that's enormous what's kiva (laughs) <laughs> no, say it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kiva. <laughs> I know is, what it is. Kiva.org is a micro-lending site where you can make loans in little uh, $25 increments to people in the developing world to use uh, for entrepreneurship, to um, have their taxi license, to buy oxen, to uh, retail clothes, what have you. Yeah. Um, farming, whatever. And um, our Kiva team has doled out $1.5 million in these $25 loans. That's just such an amazing accomplishment. Yeah, when we started this, we had no
1: idea that it was going to have legs like this. (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, we're going to keep it going in perpetuity, so.
0: We are. One of the reasons I wanted to shout out is because we are resetting our goals. We're setting our goal to $2 million by the summer solstice, June 21st. It's an international date, right? Yeah. Um, And uh, Glenn, the team leader at Kiva, came up with this. and I think it's a sound idea. Yeah.
1: Thank you to Glenn and Sonia as always.
0: So we're going to uh, 2 million by June 21st. And if you want to join us in mm-hmm. this, we are not the least bit exclusive. We're a very inclusive and welcoming group of people. You can go to um, org slash team slash stuff you should know. Right. Okay. And if you want to know anything more about the five-second rule, type five-second rule in the search bar at perks.com I said search bar, so it's time for listener mail.
1: It is, Josh. Uh, this is, we are just a few days away from our TV show premiere, though, and we would be remiss. I know you're probably tired of hearing about it by now. I'm not. I'm but, buzzing. Uh, we would be remiss if we didn't remind everyone that on Saturday night at 10 p.m. Eastern on Science Channel, yep. you're going to get two episodes of Stuff You Should Know back-to-back, the premiere Episode two, following the season premiere of uh, Ricky Gervais's uh, Idiot Abroad yeah, with it, Carl Pilkington.
0: That comes on first, and then we come on at 10 with two brand new, the first two episodes of Stuff You Should Know, the TV show.
1: That's right. And if you do not have cable, fear not, because as we have announced, you can purchase these episodes on iTunes after they are released yep. the next day. And because we love everyone so much <laughs> in the world, you can get the premiere episode for free on iTunes. Yep. So, just seek it out, download it, watch it, and make some noise over at Science
0: Channel for yeah. us. And on Twitter, too. Um, and uh, we, oh yeah, we, th- sure. we think you're going to like it. It's uh, us and we play ourselves, but it's set in like a kind of a fictionalized version of the office, our office. And um, there's podcasting and action and adventure and all sorts of goodness so (laughs) it it should be hopefully everybody likes it
1: yeah as we have said before it's the real us in a fictional world dispelling factual information yes that's very (laughs) tagliney all right i hope you stuck around for this listener mail because it's pretty good this is from ben uh guys my name is ben i'm a 30 year old husband and father never considered myself a very smart man i did mediocre in high school uh Not because of lack of trying, but because of being viewed as a lazy student, and I was just socially awkward, to be honest. Uh, My wife has talked me into catching up with your podcast, and since then, I've gotten a smartphone and done so, and all I can say is thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Um, It has helped me become a better husband and father. Let me explain. After high school, I became a father to a beautiful boy with an ex-girlfriend who was not the best person. Due to some heart complications, my son Logan passed away four days after his first birthday, uh, this resulted in me uh, not following through with college, shutting down emotionally, basically becoming angry at the world and God for my son's passing. To put it bluntly, I became someone who I said I never would become. I was full of hate. The years that followed in my life was just gray as I went through the motions of life. Uh, things turned around when I met my wife Jordan, got married, and had our son Raiden. And yes, I did name him Raiden after Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Uh, and then I was turned on to your podcast. After listening to over 200 of them, you two have opened a hard spot in my heart. Uh, after listening to you guys and hearing how good-natured you are, I myself have been trying to give everything in life a fair chance and have become more of a good-hearted person who no longer battles something bad within myself. Wow. I know, right? Uh, I'm happier in life than ever before, and I have my wife and son, and now Chuck and Josh to thank for helping I'm trying to further my education. I can't stop reading and learning, and I save your show so when uh, my one-year-old son is old enough, he can experience something that changes daddy's life for the better, just like he and his mommy did. Uh, so I can't thank you guys enough for all you've done. Without even knowing it, sometimes all it takes is good hearts and a good podcast to make even a small difference. Uh, if you guys are Evan in Ohio, I would like to buy you a little drink.
0: That is from Ben Chilton. Hey, Ben, thank you for that. Whew. Good We're not even trying. I know, dude. I read this stuff and I'm just like, are you kidding me? That's pretty cool. Like, what, are, what are you supposed to say to that? Uh, thank you. Yeah. So thanks, Ben. Um, if you want to get in touch with uh, Chuck and me about the five second rule, how about this? We want to know the nastiest thing you've ever eaten, whether it was something that was prepared, something that <laughs> touched the ground. Wow. Tell us Tell us your, your nasty eating story
1: yeah and if you're one of those kids i had friends in elementary school that would have like gross eating contests
0: that would like throw mashed potatoes on the floor and then eat them i explored that once i was like you know what maybe maybe i am that kid let's <laughs> let's find out and i ate a sticker that was on the ground with some hair attached to it and i was like no nope, i need to keep seeking my persona out because that one's not... <laughs> not me yeah wow yeah well we want to know about them right Yeah, I can't believe you've held out on me that long on that story. (laughs) Tweet to us at S-Y-S-K podcast. Uh, Join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. And as always, you can send us an email.
1: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.